wait is over. Is over. Ladies and gentlemen, from the studios in the wrestling capital of the South, it's another terrific episode of The Binge Buster Show. Please welcome your host, Tony Binge. All right, everyone, welcome to The Binge Buster Show. It has been quite a while since uh, I've had a podcast, thanks to uh, being sick. Uh, for quite some time, I caught a bad cough, couldn't get rid of it, still have a little touch of it, but I thought, man, I got to get a podcast out there or my listeners are going to forget all about me. Uh, so here we are back this week. My friend, Chris Plano is, uh, on a, on another assignment this week. So he's not with me, but I do have a, a guest this week. I'm excited. Um, uh, he's been on the podcast before when in the early stages of my podcast, uh, but I'm bringing him back this week. Uh, I'm so excited to have on this week. I'm talking about none other than Willie G. What is going on? <laughs> What's going on, Tony? Uh, thank you for having me back, man. I uh, I appreciate it. Man, it's um, glad it to have yeah, I'm glad to have you back, man. It's it's been a minute since uh, you and I got to sit down and have a conversation. Shoot, man, it's been years since we've actually been in the same room, uh, and I hate that, man. We used to. Uh, we, I remember the good old days, man. We were always on those uh, on, on shows together, man. It's like uh, we always uh, ended up sitting next to each other in the dressing room and sharing stories, man. It was always a good time. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I kind of. You know, I haven't been wrestling in a couple of years, um, just, you know, injuries and stuff like that. But I definitely need to come out to a show sometime and uh, and check you out. I haven't seen you in a few years, like you said. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cool share a locker room with you. Yeah, it was always a good time. Uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago, I got to um, to uh, finally do something I've been wanting to do since I was a little kid. Um, I got to... Uh, to work a show with uh, the Rock and Roll Express, but not only work a show, but man, I got to be in the ring with them. Uh, me and my uh, partner, uh, we donned our we donned our hoods and got in there, man, down there in, in uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, uh, with a, a crowd of about you know seven to eight hundred people, uh, and it was just an old school Mid Atlantic town. And man, uh, I tell you, I tell you what, Willie, when I when I walk to the ring and I'm looking around, I'm like, man. I kind of like had that feeling where I was back in Crockett territory. It was 1985 again. And man, <laughs> when, uh, when rock and roll was King hit, I, I'm not going to lie, man, I got goosebumps and I had tears in my eyes and I was, I looked over and it wasn't just the fact that, um, you know, I'm in the ring with, uh, with, with my favorite tag team of all time, but man, uh, there's, there's no feeling better that you look around, you hear all these people chanting rock and roll, uh, but you look over in the crowd, man, and you, I see my family uh, right there in the stands getting to um, to witness, you know, that moment with me uh, and seeing my little boy, <laughs> you know, uh, he, my, my, my son's sick. So he, he don't know the difference between heels and babies and uh, who's the good guy, who's the bad guy, because in his eyes, it doesn't matter. Dad's always the good guy. And <laughs> after the show, oh, yeah. you, you're going to love this story. So after the show. My wife tells me, she's like, um, so let me tell you about what happened in, in the in the stands tonight. I was like, okay. She's like, um, so all these people are chanting rock and roll, rock and roll, right? And I'm like, yeah. 
And she's like, except for uh, our son, he's chanting sucks. As everybody says rock and roll, <laughs> he's saying sucks. <laughs> and Very nice. Yeah, so I was like, oh, she's like, you know, uh, he, he was cheering for his dad. And she's like, and whenever they started beating you up, she's like, he started getting mad. He's like, them, them idiots are hurting my dad. I'm going to go in there and hit him with my taekwondo. <laughs> I was like, man, he's ready to, def- ready to take it for his dad, man. But, but, uh, but man, it was, a, it was a good time. It was, uh, it was fun. Um, and incidentally, I am, I am booked or was booked, um, to go back and work for that same great company, the PWF, uh, this coming, uh, Saturday. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, Willie about, you, you probably remember this, but about 20 years ago, 18 years ago, whatever it was, um, I sustained a, a pretty bad knee injury, dislocated my kneecap at Boogie's wrestling camp training. And of course that knee gave me problems for a lot of years. And, um, this past week, I believe it was Tuesday. Um, I was at work, my real job, and I was coming down the stairs and I stepped kind of, I was carrying a box and stepped kind of weird and, excuse me, end up um, hurting my knee again. So uh, for the oh, first yeah. time in my illustrious 27 or 28 year, I can't, can't keep up with it anymore, but uh, that I've been wrestling, I've never, ever had to cancel a booking. Uh, and it pained me to do that, but I uh, had to cancel the booking because I, I, I didn't want to take a chance of hurting it more. Went to the doctor and they they told me that uh, you know I kind of sprained my knee uh, and 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 tore some of the not not tore but like strained some of the tendons um, and it came from the fact that the, the knee never did completely heal up. Um, so with that being said, I'm missing uh, this week this weekend show. So it hurts me to cancel a booking, but you know sometimes that happens. Mm. Oh yeah, sometimes, man. I, I hate to hear that. I really, I, I didn't really cancel too many bookings either, Tony. Maybe like, maybe like two or three, man. Um, I could think of one like towards the end of my career. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll tell you real quick. Uh, I know that's kind of off topic of what we're getting towards, but um, I was supposed to wrestle for this guy, and it was it was uh, the second show that I was going to wrestle for him. I'd wrestled for him um, a couple weeks earlier, but he's doing it at a bar outside in August. Oh, man. And the day of the show, like literally we got like a weather alert that it was going to be the hottest day of the year. And with the heat index, it was going to be 120 degrees. And I was like, oh, I'm good, man. I don't think I'm going to be wrestling outside today. I mean, his show started at like two o'clock. So it was like in the heat of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and, and look, you know, my buddy meatball, uh, oh, yeah. long time friend of mine. He told me that like everybody that wrestled was out there throwing up. Oh man! Like yeah, like I think I made the right decision not uh not heading out there for that thing, man. Um, but yeah, not too many uh not too many injuries kept me out of uh well out of bookings. I mean, I did take a little bit of time off, uh you know, a couple times for injuries, but never like you know, um kept me from making bookings. But uh, real quick, I just wanted to tell you, man. Um, you were talking about your son cheering for you, uh, at the show, and you know, most of the time, on the shows that I've been you know, I'm with you a lot. You are mostly a heel. Yeah. I know lately you've been working a little bit more, uh, face stuff, but, uh, when I was a kid, Tony, I was at Southampton college and Southampton is the town that I'm from. And, uh, I was always a fan of the bad guys, man. I hated Hulk Hogan. And you know, this was like 1985 probably. And I'm like four years old and I couldn't stand him. Um, I did like Jimmy Snuka, but that was like the only baby face I liked. I really liked Roddy Piper 
and guys like that. And I went to a show at Southampton College. It was a uh, it was the WWF like third string guys pretty much. Um, and the main event was I'm trying to remember. It was like Rocky Johnson and uh, I think it was Rocky Johnson and uh, Tony Atlas versus uh, Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. And I'm standing in this hallway. And the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov walk up, and all the other kids run away. Uh-huh. And I just stood there. I just stood there, and I was, like, in awe. And he comes up, and he says to my dad, he's like, can I pick him up? And the Iron Sheik picked me up and just stood there and talked to me. He's like, I miss my kids so much. He's like, this is, like, the best thing that's happened to me in days, just to be able to hold me and talk to me about wrestling and talk to my dad. And uh, my dad's like, none of the other kids would stay there because they, you know, they'd all seen what the Iron Sheik does to people on TV. And uh, so after that, I really loved the heels, man. So it's just always been my thing, man. So maybe he'll uh, grow up just liking the heels because, uh, you know, because his dad is a good one. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, when I first uh, got into wrestling, uh, well, let me rewind. A lot of people, you know, that 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 know me now, that didn't know me in high school, probably uh, are like, okay, yeah, whatever. But. When I was, uh, but but when I was in school growing up, um, elementary school, all up even even in the high school, um, I was extre- I was an extremely shy person. Like I mean, I had friends and I talked to friends, but but to to really get me to speak in front of a class, man, I would I would like get so much anxiety when my teacher would ask me to read. I was like, oh, you know, I didn't want to do that, and um, so so for for me to get into wrestling, um. It, like like when I when I was a little kid and got introduced to it by my, my by my dad, um, I was like, man, when I grow up, I'm going to do that, you know. And then in 1985, when my dad started taking me to the matches, and uh, I'm in Greensboro Coliseum, and you know, sixteen to twenty thousand people are screaming rock and roll, and I, as I see Ricky and Robert coming, you know, down from the dressing room through the crowd, and back then they uh, didn't have the nice aisles like they have now literally the wrestlers came through the people and mm-hmm. by the time Ricky and Robert got to the ring, their shirts were ripped off and half their clothes were off <laughs> and they, and they yeah. probably had sex on the way to the <laughs> on the way to the <laughs> ring. And I remember as a 10 year old kid looking at my dad and going, hey, one day I'm going to do that. And he's like, son, anything you put your mind to, you can do. And, uh, and then of course, as the years went by, you know, I got older. I'm like, yeah, I was, what a dream. You know, I'd never be a wrestler. Um, and then lo and behold, uh, when I did get the opportunity to, um, to, to get into wrestling, um, immediately. And I, I and I always, you know, always had that dream of being like Ricky and Robert, the, the you know, ultimate baby face where everybody loved me and I'd come out. But once I got into uh, training and started seeing the heels and, and how they interacted with the people, um, I had this thought come, come to mind. Um, it's easier to make people hate you than make people like you. And um, and so I'm like, you know, I, I'm going to try this heel thing. And, and almost – almost like it came natural to me like I, I and not only that but like man i was able to bust out of my my shell of being so shy um almost i wouldn't say instantly it, it, it took a few shows but once i got there man i i am i embellished it i embraced it and uh and i i i set a goal for myself i'm like you know i'm not the biggest guy uh definitely not don't have the best body uh but I'm going to be the best heel on the show. I'm going to be better than any heel out there. 
And I had this one wrestler come to me one time, and he said, you know, Tony, he says, you, you, know, you know what I think you need to do as a heel? Uh, I'm like, what? He goes, you need to be one of them little conniving little, you know, every every time that, that you win a match, you win it with a gimmick. You got to have something. You got to have brass knuckles. You got you got to have some kind of, you know, uh, just just when they think that little guy's beat, boom, he pulls something out of his tights and wins. He's like, that. that's the kind of heel, little heel that you're going to do, and that will help you offset your size because you know when i first started i wasn't i wasn't big at all. I, really i didn't have no business in the ring i was so small back then but luckily i was lucky enough to have promoters that that saw you know that saw uh, my heart and how bad i wanted it and they gave me the opportunity so but uh but as i got older and and got more you know and got a lot better at being a heel and started working around guys like jimmy Valiant. Um, Jimmy told me one time, he said, uh, Tony, he said, uh, he said, you know what makes you uh, such a great heel? And I said, what's that? He goes, you're such a nice guy. <laughs> and I didn't understand what he meant by that, you know? And I was like, wait a minute, how can I be a good heel, but I'm a nice guy? And then he told me one day, he's like, you know, the, some of the best characters are opposite of what they really are. And, uh, and, and of course, then he started telling me stories of how guys like, Ivan Koloff and Baron Von Raschke and those kind of guys were uh, great, great heels on TV. But in real life, man, they were the guys that would give you the shirt off their back, or, you know, and and just, just yep. super nice guys. And and I'm not tooting my own horn, but I mean that's that's the kind of person I am, and that's the kind of person I've I've always been. Uh, I like to help people, and uh, so so uh, I know we kind of get off, off subject here, but I guess that's kind of uh, why why I'm such a good heel. Is because you know I am nice to people and uh, and and I and I won't see people strive, but 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 it's so much easier being a heel than being a babyface because it's it's easier. Like like as a babyface, you walk through that curtain. If the crowd don't like you, there really ain't a whole lot you can do to make them like you. But no, you're right. But if you're a heel, you walk out. They don't like you. You can really make them hate you if 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 you know how to do it right. And 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 my my character is a heel. Um, I'm able to come out and make them hate me. But in the same sense, I can also make them laugh at me too. So they, so they don't hate me completely. You know, at least I'm entertaining them. So, and that's that's one of the things I've always strived on. You know, nice, nice. Yeah, I, I wish Chris would have been on the show tonight, uh, Plano, because one of the first shows I was ever on, I was on about like four or five shows for Ken Spence, and then uh, I met Plano. I did a Thanksgiving show for him, and then he invited me to uh, wrestle for him in Arcadia. Mm-hmm. And I go in there, and I'm a face. And the day of the show, he's like, oh, you know, what do you do and this and that? And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I've been working face. I've only had like five or six matches this time, Tony. And he's like, he's like oh, what, what are you talking about? You got a New York jersey on. You have a New York accent. What, what are you talking about? You're a face. You're a heel. We're in the South. So he introduced me uh, from the mean streets of uh, Brooklyn, New York. Oh, that nice. night. I'm, I'm I'm not from Brooklyn. I'm from Southampton. It's pretty. It's a, it's a beach town, but uh, right. the mean the mean streets of Brooklyn, and like he really played it up. And like after that, like I wrestled for him four times that weekend. Um, and after that, I was like, man, I, I really like being a heel. I was like, I could get used to this. This is all right. Yeah. Like uh, you know, so easy. but I do think though, Tony, that anybody that that starts out wrestling, even if it's only for a show they should start out as a face because it is a lot harder than being a heel. Mm-hmm. And if you can master that, if you can do decent as being a face, you can definitely be a heel. 
but it's just one of those things that I think it's harder to do. So I think it's better to start out that way. So you've already done it. Um, you know, cause you never know what show you're going to go to and, and they need a face and you're, I've never worked face before. Yeah. I mean, you know, never working face before is difficult. Never working heel before. Hey, I'm just going to be an asshole to everybody. It'll be easy, mm-hmm. but it's not that easy to flip it the other way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. So. It, it's, it's really not. And I, I remember, uh, when I first started, I think I probably wrestled three years before I ever entertained being a baby face. And my baby face run was only a very short time um, because um, the uh, promoter at the time, he, he he didn't really have anybody else to work with. And he knew that um, he could really, uh, you know, get, you know, have, have a nice program with me. Um, and at the time, you know, he was he was the promoter, but he didn't want people to know he wrestled, too. So he came in the, the way we played it up. Um, he uh, he donned the hood and done a cowboy gimmick and called himself the ghost rider and he and i were in a little tag team together and of course um uh i, I get his cowbell and come off the second rope uh as he's holding the guy and the guy breaks free and boom i hit him with the cowbell and of course um i end up stiffening him because i i never used a cowbell before and uh and i was still learning so i stiff him with the cowbell and uh and of course we'd already talked about what was happening i was going to hit him with the cowbell get three count um and then when he came to he was going to turn on me and pile drive me and leave me laying and then and then the next week i would come back and uh you know to, to get my revenge and get the people on me but i had so much heat whenever he turned on me the crowd cheered him <laughs> so it was like oh what's going on but 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 we were able to to you know to do a little bit more things to get people you know behind me but um but i remember laying there i was laying in the ring with him and uh because i hit him with the cowbell and then boom he went down and then the the then the other team uh i can't remember if they gave me like a double drop kick or maybe they even hit me with the cowbell i can't remember but but i remember laying in the ring beside of him and i said uh hey brother uh that that cowbell was stiff wasn't it and he didn't say anything. He 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 didn't say nothing. And I'm like, and he's a big dude. I'm like, oh, he's gonna kill me. He's gonna he's he is gonna stiff me like I've never been stiff before in my life. And uh, I said, brother, I'm sorry. I really didn't mean to stiff you. And he goes, if you say one more word, I'm gonna kick your ass. And I'm like, okay, I won't say nothing else. And then he goes, all right, feet up, and go to shake my hand. And I'm like, okay. So I get up, you know, and I'm going to shake his hand. He pushes me away, and, and I'm like, okay. In my mind, I'm like, okay, at, at this point, he's going he's gonna to stiff the crap out of me, and, and but he didn't. He took care of me. Then a, then after the show, we got back, in, or after the, after we did our spot, I get back to the dressing room. He's like, brother, he's like, when you come off the rope with that cowbell, man, he goes, you, 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 you got you to gotta pat it. <laughs> like, sorry, I didn't know. And he had his he had his good you know nice little golf ball on his head. I, I felt bad, but but what I can say, Willie, I was eighteen years old. I didn't know I didn't know hardly anything at that point. You know, I just I was just uh, it was kind of like having your first girlfriend, man. I was excited. I was yeah. actually in there. I didn't, but I didn't know what I was doing. You know, uh, oh yeah, it took me a oh, few yeah. years. You know, but uh, but hey, it was, Tony, but it was uh, good stuff. I was gonna say. Oh yeah, that that's awesome, man. It kind of reminds me of something. But Tony, if you want to talk about the other thing some other time, I'm kind of enjoying, you know, uh, just reminiscing and talking about this stuff uh, with you, man. Um, 
but you know that's up to you yeah no no man well uh, this is like this is this is my build-up we we, we, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, you know we're we're still going to get into our topic okay cool i'm I'm just building i'm just building up i'm just catching up with you and sharing sharing some great stories man and yeah chris and i do this all the time we 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 have a we we have a topic we want to talk about and then we talk about something else for 20 minutes before then which is Oh, which is okay. which is what I do, you know. I ramble on yeah. sometimes, but I but I I wanted to I wanted to share something with you real quick. Um, yeah. So, like I was saying, you know, I started as a face, and I'm working heel for about a year straight. I didn't do any face work, and I get a phone call from an old school guy. Do you remember Frankie Baker? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I ever met him. Okay, he he did some kind of. I don't know the American Eagle or some kind of shit gimmick around here, uh-huh. but he was also like a he was a race car driver. But he's okay. one of these guys that kind of like I don't know. He he got trained by Ken Spence, but not all the way. Um, and he just you know he was he was okay in the ring. Mm-hmm. But anyway, him and his brother they were doing like a smoking guns type gimmick. They were cowboys, right? Uh-huh. And uh, he calls me and he's like, "Hey man, my brother can't make the show tonight. Uh, can you come with me to?" Um, I don't think it was in Charlotte, but where where was George doing the uh, EWA back then? Right, the Exodus, uh, uh, Mooresville. Yeah. yeah, he was he was doing Mooresville, and he was doing um, uh, Kings Mountain. Yeah. yeah, I think it might have been Mooresville. It was okay, in a church. And uh, so he's like, "You got a pair of blue jeans?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course, man." He's like, uh, "All right, um, what size shoe do you have?" And I was like, "A 10. This motherfucker shows up with like cowboy boots for me, which were her bro- <laughs> his brothers. They didn't fit me. Uh-huh. They were like way too tight. He brought like a cow, uh, like a, a cowboy belt with the, uh, you know, with the big, uh, whatever the, I don't even know oh, what, oh, big the buckle big buckle. Yeah. Yeah. And a cowboy hat. And so I was Willie Baker for the night. Oh, and of that's course funny. I had to be a face. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we, uh, we wrestled against um, a couple other guys, uh, you know, uh, Joey, uh, Sylvia Spank. Oh and, yeah. Uh, do you remember Sage? Did you ever wrestle with him at all back in the day? Mm, a guy I, by the name of Sage. Maybe. That was one of Ken's yeah, guys too. yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. He was pretty good, but uh, yeah. So we we wrestled uh, two matches against them that night. It was like two of Georgia's TV tapings. But so I had to end up being a face, you know, even though I hadn't been a face in like a year. But you know, it kind of helped that you know you start out that way. So I just wanted to tell you that. But so yeah, for uh, one night I was Willie Baker just to. Just throw that out there for you. Oh, that that's <laughs> great. Cowboy. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I yeah, I even done that one time. Like like later on, the Ghost Rider and I uh, done a tag team, and I he was the Ghost Rider and I was the Midnight Rider. <laughs> we were like, uh, but but back then we, we we wasn't really doing tag team stuff. We we were doing like uh, battle royals and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of funny. When I go back and look over the years, all the crazy gimmicks that, um, that, that I've done, uh, Hey, listen, while I'm sitting here, uh, recording, I just get a text message from, uh, Chris Plano. It says, Hey, did you forget me? And I'm like, Oh no. So, uh, so let me, let me see if I can't get him on the show. This is, this is going to be funny. This is the first time live on the podcast and I'm actually adding in another call. So let me, uh, let, let, let me get him on the, on the phone. So you, you, you folks stand, stand by and, uh, Willie and I will be back with Chris Plano and I know Chris, I have some funny stories. So here we go. I'll be right back. Definitely.
Chris Plano. Yes, how are you? Man, we are live on the podcast. I told everybody this is the first time in podcast history that I have brought on another call live on the air. So here we are, man. And I got Willie G on the other line, man. What's going on? Oh, man. Terrific, Tony. So great to be back. Sorry, I'm running late here uh, tonight. And uh, I know you said you're going to have Willie on this week. And and I know we're up for an exciting show. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chris, man. Glad you're here, buddy. Glad do I hear your voice, man. Oh, same here, man. I, I'm I'm just running really late today, and it's it's it, it, it's been a week, and the days are rolling faster than I can keep up with. It, it's it's funny, Chris. Right before you text me and said, "Hey, did you forget me?" Uh, Willie and I were just talking, and Willie was telling me about the time that uh that that you gave him a break and 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 brought it, brought him in and and had him uh, work heel for the first time. Uh, as as he was wearing his Brooklyn T-shirt, <laughs> yeah, uh, I was telling him it was uh, it was Arcadia. And, yes, uh, I think uh, you'll probably remember we you were doing some kind of like a a TV taping, like pilot type thing. And uh, yes, mm-hmm. and you're like, so so what do you do? And I, I told you I was a face and stuff. You're, what the hell are you talking about? You're wearing a New York shirt. You got an accent. You're a heel, man. Forget that. And then uh, you introduced <laughs> me from the mean streets of Brooklyn. And uh, and after that, I always wanted to be a heel. So I was kind of awesome, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there's some uh, creative going on there in the back. As, uh, we're going to we're roll along. Those are, God, I think I just had a flashback, for God's sakes, <laughs> to, the, to that evening. Hey, that's how you got to do it on the fly sometimes, man. <laughs> I, I know. But, yeah, those are – some great times and sometimes some of the, uh, 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 some of the best ideas <laughs> come from yeah. when you're not, when the wheels are spinning a hundred miles an hour on, on the fly. Yep. Yeah. You're right about that. Oh my God. What year would that had to be what I would say 98, 99 is actually 2000, 2000. Okay. I knew it was somewhere right. 2000. So even a, a year later. Okay. Well, wow. All right. Yeah. That was, uh, those are some good times, man. Those, it still seems like like yesterday that we're talking, you know, some twenty some odd years ago. Yeah, you're right about that, man. It's definitely been a while. Yeah, but, man. Uh, it, it's crazy like, how like the years go by so fast, but yet it seems like everything was yesterday. I mean, it, 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 at least it seems like that for me sometimes. Definitely. I, I know, I know. It's just uh, it's it, it, it's crazy, you know. The, the 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 wrestling business has you know ebbed and flowed the years and decades, but, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I see what I see today and, you know, I, I embrace it, but I, I don't know if it'll ever be like, like, like the old days or the days when, you know, I was active or I don't know if it'll ever be like that again. I mean, we're, you know, with social media now and everything else, it would, I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like it's the same. You know, guys, it, yeah. it, it, it's so funny. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, uh, somewhat active and and working on some of these shows and i i sit back sometime in the dressing room and i laugh because I, I look around the dressing room and i see what the guys are doing now compared to what the guys were doing whenever we we were running hard and it's, it, it blows my mind because like back whenever we were running hard uh the guys are in the back and they're just talking about wrestling they're talking about you know the the rats or whatever you know they have, they have covers like now you go to dressing room and they're in the you know the get the, the young guys are in the back and 
and they're they're you know they're they're posing they're, they got they got you know they're they're taking pictures for like like you say chris social media or they got exactly. their little uh uh cell phones or playing games on their cell phones or they're you know and i, I was on a show a while back and i heard this guy go man i'm glad this building's got air conditioned uh and i almost wanted to say what are, are you kidding me like think about how many shows that we've done in an armory with no air no heat it was either cold as crap in the wintertime or hot as hell in the summertime um and this guy's talking about i'm glad this building's got air conditioning are you kidding those, those guys wouldn't last a day on the things we used to do back in the day <laughs> oh no yeah you're right about that but, Absolutely not. They, they, no, but, they, they haven't paid their dues. <laughs> no, but on the flip side of things, it's probably a good time. Social, good thing social media wasn't out back those days, Chris, because I probably would have gotten divorced a whole lot quicker from the first wife than I did then. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, right, right. Oh, gosh. The things we used to do when we were younger. Yeah, but back then, back then, I also think the girls put up with a lot more. Today, it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. It's like one and done. Yeah, like oh what? Oh oh, you want to talk to her? Okay, what's this? Tinder, plenty of fit. All these all these uh, dating sites yeah, that these girls can get. Yeah, you're done. Everything's everything is a everything's a, a one button push away. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's crazy. Well, guys, uh, let's. Let, I, I could sit here and talk to you guys all night about the good old days, but I know uh, we we we, we kind of wanted to touch on a subject. Um, and we want, wanted to kind of talk about, and it's been a while since uh, Chris and I have broke down a show. So uh, I thought uh, Willie and I were talking uh, a couple of days ago, and Willie had suggested uh, us do, do a breakdown of WWE's WrestleMania 17. Uh, with uh, as you guys know, that that show took place April the first, two thousand one. Uh, incidentally, it was the very first WrestleMania to ever be held in Texas, uh, which I thought was really cool. But um, a lot of great matches on this on this card. The main event uh, being Stone Cold Steve Austin taking on The Rock. Um, but me being old school, my favorite thing on this show was the gimmick Battle Royal, uh, which I thought was was uh, very entertaining. Uh, I did love that. Um, but uh I, but but right now i want to you know we'll start from uh from the first match and kind of do a little breakdown uh and see you know what what you guys uh memories or thoughts were on those matches um but before we get into that uh just a little little background on this uh this show took place like i said in houston texas um at the uh, at the reliant astrodome with an attendance of 67,925 people with a buy rate of one million forty thousand, uh, the tagline being "Houston, we have a problem," and uh, of course, uh, uh, wasn't much of a problem because back in those days, um, the WWE had some great talent on there and some great storylines. Uh, I mean, how much better can you get than uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin against The Rock? Uh, that match went twenty-eight minutes eight seconds, and we'll get into that later on. But guys, uh, starting out opening match. The X Factor, Just Incredible and X Pac with Albert taking on Grandmaster 6A and Steve Blackman. What a weird tag team that was. Uh, Willie, I'll start with you. What, what, what's your thoughts on that match? Well, I mean, I, I think that I think that there's a reason why that one didn't make TV. I'm pretty sure that was a dark match. Yeah. Um, 
just because that's like a kind of a goulash of uh, wrestlers. But Tony, I did want to point out something real quick. There's two things um, to remember about this show. The first thing is, is that Vince McMahon had purchased WCW, I mean, like less than two weeks before this show. Right. And the other thing is, is that Shawn Michaels was kind of like back doing some things. He was, uh, he was injured, so he was retired, but he was like a, uh, a personality and mm-hmm. he got fired actually the week of this show. Um, so those are two like little, you know, oh, yeah. caveats to remember, uh, you know, going into this show and plus it was in Texas. So they wanted Shawn Michaels to be on the show, almost like a hosting role, I guess. Right. Um, but, but they fired him the week of, because he, he came to a uh, show and I guess, um, he was pretty messed up and he passed out in Vince McMahon's office on the floor. Uh, they say that triple H is the one that told Vince McMahon, Hey, he's in your office, passed out drunk. And that actually caused the rift between triple H and Shawn Michaels where they didn't talk for a few years. Wow. So I just wanted to yeah, that's, point that out. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great back backstory. Uh, Chris, what, what, what are your thoughts on this, uh, this crazy match god <laughs> you know, it's like a uh yeah it's just i don't know it's a t- it's not a very long match two not even three minutes this one uh and i don't know i, I kind of look at it you know you know x cock there you know as the one two three kid in the wwf back in the day and you know grandmaster sex they you know uh you know, jerry lawler's kid and you know, I don't know. It just seemed like it was just something to get the crowd in their seats, and they wrestled right here. It's probably one of the shortest tag matches I've ever would have seen. Yeah. But um, yeah. I don't know. It just seemed like guys getting some quick work more than anything else. I, I don't think there's any storyline behind this. I don't think there's anything really behind it. Yeah. Other I, I, than as a matter of match. As a matter of fact, I think this match actually took place on Sunday Night Heat. Um, so it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't even actually yeah. on the pay-per-view. Uh, now this next match, uh, man, I would love to see this match to even to today, uh, for the WWE, of course, back then WWF intercontinental title, uh, champion, Chris Jericho taking on William Regal, uh, man, talk about two, two great guys right there. Great, great talents. Uh, Jericho and William Regal, man, I always loved William Regal and WCW when he was Lord Steven Regal. Uh, no matter whatever he does, that that has always been my favorite work of his, and especially when they brought in Bill Dundee to be his manager as Sir William. Um, uh, it was great, man. I I, I love the uh, I, I love the whole English uh, gimmick that they had going on there. But um, but now we're in WWE. He's William Regal, not not Lord Steven, but he's now William. Um, taking on Chris Jericho, uh, Chris, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what's your thoughts on this match? I mean, you know, I mean, great match. I've seen two great workers, obviously a, a, a much younger Chris Jericho than what we see, you know, today on television with, 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 with AEW wrestling and, and what he's done throughout his career. And I mean, William Regal, <laughs> one of the, you know, you know, toughest guys in the business and, 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 and one of the, best wrestlers from a skill standpoint. I mean, you're going to get a great match. I mean, really was the intercontinental title that kicked off, uh, you know, this pay-per-view, which, you know, is rare to, for that to even happen at a, at a WWF pay-per-view or WWE pay-per-view. So, I mean, you know, to, to come in and, and for Jericho to get the win, retains the title. 
I mean, listen, those guys could have wrestled, you know, an hour if they wanted to. Oh yeah, for um, sure. You know, it, in the ring, just from their conditioning standpoint, and and you know, Regal could probably go all night. So a great match, and if you you know if you're a fan of wrestling, you're definitely going to be a fan you know, of that particular match, especially from a scientific standpoint. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, Willie, your, your, your thoughts. Yeah, Chris definitely, uh, hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, back then when the intercontinental title was prestigious for it to lead off the pay-per-view was, was pretty big and pretty crazy, uh, for the time period. Um, now the intercontinental title, it really doesn't mean a whole lot. Um, but, yeah, they they definitely could have used a few more minutes, seven minutes, uh, seven and a half minutes, whatever. It, it was okay uh, as far as time goes, but I would have rather seen them in like a good 20-minute match because those guys technically, like you said, William Regal, man, that's one of the best technical wrestlers, you know, we've ever seen probably. And Chris Jericho, I mean, he's just got like all the, uh, the charisma. You, you know, he can sell that match with anybody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I totally agree, though, about uh, about William Regal, what you were saying about him when he was in WCW. Uh, I always liked the Blue Blood stuff with him. Oh, and, yeah. um, was it James Taylor? Was well, that his name? Yeah, he, well, yeah but the, the, the best Blue Blood tag team was, was when they had beautiful Bobby Eaton, who, who, who became mm-hmm. uh, – um, Earl Robert Eaton uh, in in the t- in the in that team and and yeah. and talk, you know t- talking about that I loved how they built up to 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 making him a blue blood you know uh, Stephen Regal took him around England and took him around all these fancy places trying to you know to to to, to take that Alabama country boy Bob Eaton and, and make him uh, dignified um, and my my favorite part uh, in in those vignettes that they did. Uh, you guys might remember this, but they were uh, at a at a like the first time uh, Stephen uh, Regal takes Bobby to this real fancy uh, you know English restaurant, and he's telling Bobby you know order the wine you know and Stephen Regal orders you know he orders wine, and he puts his napkin in his lap. Bobby takes the napkin, sticks it in, like inside of his shirt. And then the, the the waitress goes, oh, you know, what, what kind of wine would you like? And Bobby goes, well, do you got any Boone's Farm or Ripple? <laughs> it's like, I was laughing when he said that. And then he and then he takes Bobby shopping for clothes, and uh, Bobby comes out. And of course, at this time, you know, uh, they're 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 uh, working off off movies. But the movie, the uh, Jim Carrey, The Mask, had just came out. And here comes Bobby Eaton out of the dressing room wearing like this bright yellow suit. And he looks at Steven Regal and he goes, smoking. <laughs> just so freaking hilarious, man. And then the, the my, then my, my last vignette that I like the best, Steven takes Bobby Eaton to, um, to, to L.A. And they're going around all the sites. And they end up going and, and standing in front of um, – um, OJ Simpson's house, right? And and why Stephen Regal is telling Bobby about how dirty the streets of LA are and how bad this town is. Bobby's over there like pulling a glove <laughs> out of the bushes and he pulls out a knife. <laughs> it's just it, it was just so funny how they capitalized on everything that was going on in the world and and incorporate it into these vignettes to make them entertaining. Um, but, but, I, but I love that, but you're right. Even, even whenever, um, uh, he, he, he brought in Squire David Taylor, uh, and that blue bloods that, that, that was a good tag team as well. Yep. Yep. 
Absolutely. Good stuff there. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to take your uh, thunder on that, but I just <laughs> man, any, anytime I hear something about Bobby, and I get so excited because he's such a great guy. I miss that dude. Um, he was a real nice guy, man. Man, I did I did shows with him. Very very cool guy, man. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I booked him for one of my shows, and I'm like, uh, "Hey, Bobby, what, what, what are you gonna do tonight?" He goes, "I don't know you." you you're you're the booker you tell me <laughs> i'm like brother you're bobby eaton we'll do whatever you want he goes brother you're the booker i'm gonna do everything you tell me i'm like okay and then i remember in that match uh we we did a tag team and so bobby and i were the with the with the baby faces and we worked george south and this other dude and um i remember i was in there and uh and 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 chris and, and willie i'm sure you guys remember this but uh, i do my arm drags a lot like ricky steamboat so I'm in there and I'm giving George and this other guy these arm drags and Bobby comes in and he goes, Oh, wait a minute, I'm sorry. He goes, he goes, I want to take that arm drag too. <laughs> he was my partner. Oh wow. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, it was great. But uh but yeah, Bobby was such a nice guy, man. He was a great guy. Um, all right, getting back to this uh to, to our, our show, um, uh, so the next couple of matches, I'm kind of I'm, I'm gonna kind of skip over because I, I they're they're just quick matches unless you guys want to touch on them. But um, I'm gonna skip down a couple of matches and go to uh, Eddie Guerrero with Perry Saturn taking on Test. Uh huh. Tony, hold on one second. I did wanna I did wanna point something out to you guys. I don't know if you've ever heard this, but I heard an interview with Raven one time talking about that match with Kane and uh, the Big Show. Yeah. And so during the match. You know, they're doing the hardcore match. They're all over the arena. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Raven, like, commandeers like a golf cart. And Big Show jumps in the back of it. And Raven is driving like he's going to try to, like, spin around and hit Kane. Yeah. But when he did it, he took the curve too tight. And he, like, banged into this fence. And the wheels got stuck between the fence and the side of the cement. So it's kind of, like, teetering. Uh-huh. And right underneath that fence, and you can see it in the video, was the main power supply for their video. If he would have, if it would have, the fence would have given, uh-huh. the WrestleMania feed would have been cut because it would have broken that wire. Oh, wow. Like you can see it plain as day in the video. Um, the, the the guys, like, after that, the, um, you know, the video guys are like, what are you doing, man? You, you know, you almost took us off the air. you got to be careful. And like I, like I said, I mean, you can go back and watch it because I have. And, like, you could see the big main supply wire is right there underneath the wheel. And oh my gosh! Like so I just wanted to throw that. Oh, out that, yeah, quick. I appreciate you. T- I appreciate because I, I I never heard that before. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, he he got very lucky that he didn't do that because you yeah. imagine what would have happened to him. He probably have been fired and fined and everything else. Holy moly! Yeah, can, you imagine, can you imagine the biggest Man. show up to that point ever? And it goes out after the third match. Right? Match. Yeah. That that yeah that 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 definitely would have been tough. Um, so next going into Kurt Angle taking on Chris Benoit, 14 minutes, 10 seconds. Uh, Willie, we'll start with you. Uh, what's your thoughts on this match? Technically, I don't think you could have gotten two guys more evenly matched up or, or even better. Technically. I mean, those guys, Bret Hart, you know, William Regal, those are some of the best technical wrestlers ever. Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. That's a great match. Um, I think Kurt Angle here had just come off of dropping the title to The Rock a few months earlier. So they were really trying to keep him strong and keep him in that, you know, uh, WWF championship picture um, at that time. And, uh, man, as far as personality goes, Kurt Angle was amazing. 
Benoit, you know, he was just a, a mat technician. He wasn't he wasn't very charismatic, didn't have a whole lot of character, but Kurt Angle, you could have the dude, I know this sounds like, uh, you know, whatever, but he could have wrestled a broomstick and oh, it would have yeah. been an awesome match because, because of his facial expressions, because of the things that he'd say. I mean, that dude, like, he was just awesome, man. One of the quickest guys I've ever seen ascend right to the top. I mean, he'd only been yeah. wrestling, I think, for a year at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's, He's in like a pretty featured match at WrestleMania, um, you know. So pretty, pretty awesome. I think yeah, it was a very good match. Yeah, I always, they gave him fourteen minutes and they put on a clinic. Yeah, I always like Kurt Angle's work. Chris, what what are your thoughts? I mean, uh, another match that could easily won an hour, probably. Mm, oh <laughs> yeah, job. both those guys conditioned to rock and roll it. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, I you know, I was always a you know. You know, Kurt Angle, I mean, I was never a big, big Kurt Angle fan throughout his career. I, I guess maybe because of the amateur background or, or, or you know, always the Olympic thing. But, you know, I, I mean, I love Chris Benoit as a wrestler. I mean, obviously, we, you know, everyone, you know, we know the story about Chris Benoit. But a great technical wrestler in the ring and, and, and a guy that could, you know, he could wrestle with anyone in, yeah. in the ring. His side, big, small, it didn't matter. He was a guy that always made people look good in the ring, you know, and, 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 and it, I mean, I, I, I just enjoyed watching him wrestle and, and really w- was a great time in his career at, at this point. Yeah. And, and, yeah. you know, um, as, as, as the years progressed, um, and whenever, uh, Kurt Angle started doing the stuff with stone cold and they were doing all this back, you know, uh, in the dressing rooms, things where Kurt was like playing the guitar and singing and man, it, it was so entertaining, uh, the uh, stuff that they come up with, and like I never knew Kurt had that, had, had you know, had that uh, comedic side about him, but he did, um, and it worked. And I used to love seeing him in Stone Cold, and and here's Kurt Angle wearing that goofy little kid's straw cowboy hat and a little guitar, and he's, he's singing Jimmy Crack Corn, and man, it's just great funny stuff. You, you like oh, yeah. even now this day, I go back and watch it, and I still laugh. I'm like, man. That, this guy is an Olympic gold medalist, but yet he's a great, I mean, he's funny too. Uh, so I enjoyed that stuff. Um, and again, yeah. Uh, good, oh yeah. Good stuff, man. Um, then, uh, then now, now we go into a street fight, um, where it's going to be, uh, Shane McMahon with Linda McMahon taking on Mr. McMahon with Stephanie and Trish Stratus. Street fight with Mick Foley as a special guest referee. This match goes 14 minutes, 11 seconds. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you. What are your thoughts on a street fight between the, the McMahon family? Sounds like a family feud to me. Yeah, right. <laughs> throw, throw, throw Mick Foley in there and uh, uh, um, a hot Tristratus and we're, we're rolling with the night, right? Right. Oh, yeah. sure. uh, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I'm presuming at this point, uh, I mean, I'm, I don't really recall this particular storyline. I'm presuming the McMahons are are, feu- are feuding at some level um, at this point. If they're having this this tag team match from some di- you know inner family differences and and Stephanie and Trish in there, Trish is you know hot. It speaks for itself. And right with Foley in there, I mean, it's kind of like Foley's probably like, let's get this over with, man. I don't know what's going on here, but. Uh, <laughs> It was right when, like I said, you know, Vince McMahon had just bought WCW. Right. Storyline that Shane uh, changed the paperwork, so he owned WCW. Oh, okay. All right, right, right. Now they're going to fight over the two companies. 
Um, um, I mean, probably. I don't know. I mean, I can't recall Linda McMahon wrestling too many times. It might have been only one of just maybe a, one or two times she might have wrestled. I'm not. Oh, she was in the wheelchair at this point. She was yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. she's at ringside. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I thought she was in the match. I didn't know Shayla Linda. Okay, I don't know. It was just like, like I don't know. It was just a. Uh, um, I don't know. I don't really recall the storyline all that much at this point, but I mean, it's, it's for a McMahon thing. I mean, they, they, they've done it all as far as all different storylines and putting everyone in the family in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of different. Uh, now, uh, we, we, we will move on to, yeah, go ahead. ahead, It's pretty crazy that they took 14 minutes but they only gave Chris Jericho and Regal seven and a half minutes. Right, yeah. I mean, come on. Come on, guys. Something's... You know, you could have given a couple of those minutes. You could have given a little bit of that to Eddie Guerrero. I mean, you know. Um, yeah. Even the China versus uh, Ivory match that was before this was only two and a half minutes. And, uh, I mean, I thought that was a, a pretty cool uh, thing. That was like China's first real time where they tried to make her like a sex symbol. Yeah, um, which they did a good job with, you know. Oh from yeah, for sure. Started out, um, but yeah, they they took fourteen minutes. They had like I don't know, like the third or fourth longest match on the show. That's pretty wild. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely out. not good. Now the the next match is is probably one of my favorites on this show, besides the gimmick battle royal. I love that one, but uh, but uh, Edge and Christian uh, taking on the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys tables ladders and chairs for the wwf tag team title this match goes 15 minutes 50 seconds and and these six guys hold nothing back uh probably one of the best table ladder chair matches uh, of all time uh willie i'll start with you what 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 are your 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 thoughts and memories on this one that's easily the best uh, tlc match ever um i think that what really added to this match is the edge and christian came out rhino the Dudleys brought out um, uh, Spike Dudley. The Hardys brought out Lita. And at times it was like three on three on three ex- instead of two on two on two. Right. Um, I know that the uh, the Hardy boys are uh, New Dimension Wrestling alumni, some of Chris's guys from back in the day. Um, but, man, this match was uh, uh, unbelievable, man. The timing in this thing was crazy. The stunts was crazy, like, you watch that match and you—it's like flawless, man. For a, oh, a yeah. TLC match, it, it's basically flawless. It's crazy. Um, you know, as far as ladder matches and all that, they—they they always talked about how Razor and Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, set the precedent. Well, this really raised the bar, and I don't think anybody's been able to uh, to get to that bar since. No, I agree with you 100. percent Chris, your your boys are in this match. What 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 are your thoughts? I mean, that, that's where they made all their big money, the Hardys uh, in this kind of match, especially, you know, especially Jeff. I mean, you know, with just some of the crazy stuff he's done, nothing against Matt, you know, at all. But both of them, I mean, I mean, you know, put Edge and Christian and the Hardys together and you're going you're gonna to get a great match no matter, you, you know, what arena it's in or who they're wrestling for and the Dudleys on top of it. And, you know, it's what the people wanted to see during that time during the WWF era. And the high-flying stuff was in and those guys were, you know, just taking it all in. And I, I loved where it's placed on the match. It's towards, you know, it's towards the end of the pay-per-view, not at the very end of the pay-per-view, but it's, it's in the right spot for the tag team championship and, and really, you know, you know, giving it, it's, it's, it's props and, 
you know, and, and it always tickled me pink. You know, you see the guys on the independent level who were working for you at one time, or even just if they're in the area working or you're on a show with them and then you see them on a stage like that, you know, it just, it just makes you, you know, feel real good. And, you know, Matt and Jeff and so many of the success stories of the guys that, you know, came out of this area and, and made it on the national level, but nothing like what, what, what they have done. Yeah. 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 I, I, I agree, Chris. I, I think, uh, you know, from from the from the early late nineties early two thousands, uh, the the uh, you know there, there there's been a lot of, lot of talent came out of North Carolina, but I'd I'd have to say from the independent circuit, uh, Hardy Boys would definitely have to be up there as probably the you know the most popular and the most successful uh, that 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 you know that that came from that era. Um, I mean, they're look at them. I mean, they're uh, still on TV and they're they're still drawing money and they're still reinventing themselves and staying fresh. Uh, that's that you know th- this day and time that takes a lot of talent. So, uh, kudos to to the Hardy Boys. Um, now, I'll tell you, if I if I could say one other thing mm-hmm. there, if, if yeah. possible, about the Hardys and you know when when they when they you know they were tinkering back and forth with the WWF in in ninety eight and then when they really exploded in ninety nine and, and and finally signed with with them, you know they still had about a half a dozen shows that they committed <laughs> oh. working for me. Hey, they held up on all those bookings, man. Wow. Even man, though that's, that's we, amazing. Man, they didn't back out. They, 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 they even, and it wasn't just me. They were with other promotions too. And they told them, Hey, listen, we've got commitments, you know, we, and, but they held and they, they showed up, man. And of course, by that time it was just, I mean, people knew already what was going on. It was just, it was just craziness. The last, couple of shows yeah, um, yeah and then we knew that they were they were going at that point but it was an exciting you know a couple of months but they they were they honored you know those independent bookings even though it was a they were they were one one leg over the hurdle at that oh point yeah too. and yeah that and, and and that right there in itself says a lot for them to you know for, for them to stick around and do do something like that too uh it's just amazing um now, this, yeah, now i did want to add one other uh-huh. thing real quick yeah um so, one, one thing I forgot about that Shane McMahon and uh, McMahon match was that ECW guy for the show. Um, it was like Lance Storm, Sean Stasiak, I think like Mark Jindrak and Chuck Palumbo. It was basically some of like, you know, the leftover WCW guys. Uh-huh. So, they were supposed to get involved in the Vince McMahon match and help Shane McMahon win the match. But Sean Stasiak got on the radio a few days before and said, yeah, we'll be at WrestleMania, and we'll be watching Shane McMahon versus uh, Vince McMahon real closely. And, like, Vince, like, lost his shit because he didn't want anybody to know they were even going to be there. And, like, we're, like, on the verge of firing them. They just made them sit in, like, the uh, skybox. But that's why Sean Stasiak basically just got his ass, you know, for his whole tenure that time. You wow. know, that was his second. He almost got fired before he ever even got seen on camera um, just for running his mouth to a radio station. Wow. So, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, that's, that's, of, that's one of the things I've always heard. It's like, you got to watch what you say because you never know when they're listening. So. Um, and yep. that, that, that right there speaks uh, speaks volumes. Uh, now our next match is one of my favorites. It, it's, it says here it went three minutes fifty seconds, 
three minutes and 50 seconds, but I can't believe that because I know it took most of these guys longer than that just to walk to the ring. But exactly. but but we're, we're, we're talking about the gimmick battle royal. In this battle royal, we had some of the classic gimmicks from the old days of the of the yesteryear or what they called um and i liked how they brought out um mean gene urkelin and bobby the brain heenan to commentate this but uh the uh, participants in this gimmick battle royal uh was the bushwhackers duke the dumpster drosy doink the clown nikolai volkov tugboat the goon uh earthquake the gobbledygooker Brother Love, Michael P.S. Hayes, One Man Gang, Kamala, uh, Kimchi, Jim Cornette, The Repo Man, Hillbilly Jim, and Sergeant Slaughter, The Iron Sheik, uh, and all these guys were involved in this gimmick battle royal. Of course, uh, The Iron Sheik went over, and guys, I have to admit, I think the only reason why he went over, Chris, you could probably attest to this since you hung out with him a lot, uh, the, the guy's hips were so bad he couldn't go over the top rope, so they had to put him over, right? <laughs> yeah, they probably, honestly, probably so, man. I mean, how are you going to, I mean, Sheik's not going to take a, a bump like that, and uh, right. his knees and, and, and hips and everything, I mean, probably so. I mean, and then, uh, and, you know, I mean, who's a nicer guy than Hillbilly Jim? I mean, you know, right. <laughs> like, sure, right. sure, Sheik, whatever you want to do. Because if not, Sheik could probably stretch. <laughs> well, he probably. In the middle of the no, ring. No, uh, no, let's be honest. He was in the back, and they uh, said, uh, Hillbilly Jim, you're going over <laughs> over on the Sheik. And the Sheik says, not tonight. I make you humble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was definitely a, a who's who in a gimmick battle royal. But, uh. Yeah, I would say so. I don't think Sheik, uh, I don't know if Sheik would go through the middle rope, <laughs> the top rope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, Good stuff. Tony, this match, I actually watched this match today. I watched like three of these matches today. Uh-huh. And the match actually was right there at three minutes and 50 seconds. But like you said, the introductions took eight minutes. Right. Um, it a 12 minute match. But the match is like at about like three minutes and um, 20 seconds, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, Gene Oakland says he's like I've never seen this many guys get eliminated this quickly before. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that was a shoot right there. You, you got it, pretty much everybody eliminated already. And you know what? That, that's one of the things that I loved about uh, about Gene Oakland and Bobby Heenan. If you go back, like now you're in a wrestling business, but you go back and watch some of their early stuff in the '80s, and like they were using like inside terms. Uh, and nobody, pro- I know I didn't at the time. I didn't know what it meant, you know. And like, uh, and like, like Bobby Heenan's always said some of the funny stuff. But I, I'll never forget uh, in '95 when Smoky Mountain Wrestling had shut down. Uh, WCW was doing a pay per view in Asheville, North Carolina, for the Fall Brawl, and uh, Tony Schiavone, uh, as they came on the air, Tony Schiavone goes. Uh, we're coming to you live from the Smoky Mountains, uh, live wrestling here in the Smoky Mountains. And Bobby Heenan goes, Tony, now you know nobody wrestles in the Smoky Mountains anymore. And that was his way of shooting, saying Smoky Mountain Wrestling shut down. Oh, <laughs> but, man. But Bobby Heenan was always, uh, he was so witty, man, so funny. And, like, he, he would shoot, and you wouldn't even know he was shooting. It was so funny. Oh, definitely. Uh, I hey, love During it. this match. Yeah, me too. Hey, during this match, got introduced like kind of early, and they get all the other guys coming out, and like 
right before the match is about to start, six minutes probably after the Iron Sheik had started walking down to the ring, uh, Bobby Heenan goes, well, good news, the Iron Sheik's almost to the ring now. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's Bobby Heenan, man. <laughs> that guy was so yeah. funny. I swear I loved him. Um, now, g- getting into our last two matches, uh, which is – Probably the greatest matches on the card. Um, first off, The Undertaker taking on Triple H. Singles match. This match goes 18 minutes, 27 seconds. Uh, we can go back through uh, history and watch and look. Uh, I don't think we've ever will and ever have saw a bad match between The Undertaker and Triple H. Uh, Chris, I'll start with you on this one. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, you know, you're going to get a great match, a great match. I mean, the undertaker, I mean, you know, elusive as ever in the ring. I mean, you know, triple H coming into this match. I mean, it's, it's, you're going to get, it's a main event match in any arena across the country there. And, and there's no title on the line either, you right. know, in this, yeah. in this particular match. So you're going to get a great hard fought wrestling, a singles wrestling match here with two of the best in the business. I mean, the undertaker, I mean, you know, whether he's heel or baby in any of his roles is, is, is going to be over. And, you know, Triple H at this time, I'm not sure exactly where his career he is. I mean, I know he's great in his career, but again, you know, The Undertaker, I mean, I mean, you know, monstrous. I mean, I think even at this time, too, if I'm not mistaken, um, what the, this is in 2001, correct? Yep. This pay per view. So, was. Flair was there a couple of years earlier in WCW, right? Right, I believe, yeah. In WWF, right, because Undertaker was feuding with Flair, I think, a year earlier prior to this, roughly, if I'm not mistaken, or two years. But, I mean, he was just so over. I mean, at that point, it was just like, I mean, I even saw that particular match when Flair wrestled him during that era. So it was just, he was just monstrous. Yeah, I mean. You know, in the ring. And, and um, this is a main event on any pay-per-view at any time. Right, for sure. Uh, Willie, your, your, your thoughts on Undertaker and Triple H matches? This one, incidentally? Um, so, I, it was a definitely a good match. Uh, I actually just looked it up. These guys wrestled each other like 86 times for the WWF, I think, in televised matches, which is insane. Yeah. Um, but um, I'll be honest with you, man. Like, you know how there's some people you meet in life and you're just like, that guy? Yeah. I've always felt that way about Triple H. And I actually have met him, but not that I didn't like I've been a fan of him as a wrestler. Um, about him that hurt me and that just made me feel like I just I, he didn't belong in the same ring uh, with certain talent. Uh-huh. He was good. Um, he was really good. But some 10 years earlier, he would have never been more than the, the Intercontinental Champion. Um, it was just timing. the fact that he was, you know, the boss's daughter's boyfriend, husband, whatever he was at this time. Um, the Undertaker is, it's like you go and see the Undertaker. I've seen the Undertaker live probably 20 times in my life. You go see the Undertaker wrestle, it's, it's an attraction. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're, it, it's an event just to see this guy come to the ring. You might get goosebumps. I mean, The Undertaker, holy cow. And just looking at what he came from in his earlier career and WCW really not knowing a whole lot what to do with him and him becoming, like, one of the most, like, iconic figures in WWF history, 
man, what a, what a star he was, man, really. Um, and this was him, like, really, I think, in some of his best work. Was doing, he was doing the uh, the biker gimmick at this point. Uh, right. Is that right, Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he, yeah and, he was um, just starting it. But yeah. Yeah. This was, I think it was some of his best work. I was, I was a big fan. He had just left that up. Right, because he was doing the ministry gimmick, which was okay. Mm-hmm. But I liked the biker gimmick uh, when he switched over to the biker gimmick. Pretty awesome, man. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Being I, the Undertaker and winning another match at WrestleMania, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he, uh, uh, that, that, that's, that's one of the things that I like about the Undertaker uh, and a lot of guys, but especially uh, how he, he started, for, you know, the Undertaker gimmick, the original Undertaker gimmick. Uh, wearing the gray and the black and then uh taking a little time off coming back with the purple uh which made him seem even more larger than life and then he went from that to like like you said um with the with the ministry of darkness doing that 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 gimmick and that that was a whole different level uh then the biker gimmick and then back to old school undertaker uh he was always able to keep reinventing himself and making himself uh stay fresh and uh and also keep keep that uh special attraction uh gimmick going uh it it worked for sure uh now we're into our main event guys um the match everybody's paid to see uh stone cold steve austin taking on the rock uh no dq match for the wf uh, wwf championship this match goes 28 minutes eight seconds and um I was, I was listening to an interview the other day. The Rock was talking about how um, whenever him and Stone Cold got together, it was just instant chemistry. Uh, he's like, you know, over the years, you know, as, as a wrestler, a performer, you'll work with so many people, but just a few, you, you'll have that chemistry where you don't really have to work hard. You just know. And he said that, um, that you know, every time he, he worked uh, with Stone Cold, uh, Stone Cold pushed him to the limit. Uh, that he wouldn't settle for me a mediocre match. It had to be, you know, it had to still the show. And I, and I believe you know this match right here holds true to that. Uh, these guys definitely tore the house down for twenty eight minutes eight seconds. Uh, great show and uh, and Stone Cold uh, will um, go on to win the WWF title right there in his home state of Texas. Uh, Willie, I'll start with you. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Man, this is, in my opinion, uh, an instant classic it was. Um, the Rock came in as the champion. He was the face uh, during this match. Uh, Stone Cold was kind of in between. You didn't really know, like, what his deal was. They had the whole Deborah thing where she was with The Rock and then she got hurt. And, you know, they made it known that she was Stone Cold's wife at the time. Um just great stuff, man. And I actually want to ask Chris a question. And Tony, feel free to chime in too. But Chris um, is more of a businessman on the side of things than than our Tony. Um, but Chris, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock made the most money out of any feud the WWE has ever had. I mean, it headlined two WrestleMania. had the featured uh, time at WrestleMania 19. Um, and the two that they headlined are like the number five and I think number three highest had. I mean, do you think this feud is the one that they made the most money on? 
I mean, I would have to say so. I mean, even maybe even on a, a even a house show level, <laughs> possibly as, as well when they were not even cameras in, in, in front of both of them, uh, which was big, big money too, uh, you know, as well. But I would say so. I, I mean, you know, when you, when you start thinking of, of, of longstanding feuds that were going on, I, I, you know, if it's not number one, I would say it's definitely top three. Um, but I would, if I would say so as, as it is now, I mean, are there other matches maybe that could have drawn more potentially sure. I mean, you, you know, we look at WrestleMania. We, I mean, I think everyone always turns back to WrestleMania three, uh, but again, that wasn't a longstanding feud, but you know, there's, I think there's certain pockets, but from a feud standpoint, I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, it, it, it's tough to argue against. Right. Right. They were just so over. I mean, the whole thing was just over the, 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 the whole attitude, whatever the, the, the era, Austin, I mean, in the rock, the skill level, I mean, and, and, and really the fans are really what made the match. Those guys, all they had to do was just touch each other and the place was going crazy. Um, you know, when we, when Tony and I talk about Ric Flair here in the eighties, I mean, you know, you know, you blew on Ric Flair and the whole arena went crazy, you know, but it was just, you know, it's just, they just had that chemistry in the ring and the fans just added to it and the build up. Yep. Yeah, it was all. Yeah, it was. It was always great. Um, I, I, I don't think I ever saw a bad Steve Austin Rock match. Um, it's just like I mean, Steve Austin. Uh, he knew like his job. He was the top guy. Uh, sold more T-shirts than Hulk Hogan or anybody else in the WWE, for as that matter goes. Um, so he he had a, he had a reputation to uphold. So if he's out selling these T-shirts, then his work in the ring had to be great crisp right on right on point mm-hmm. and and i and I, I i don't think that he ever disappointed uh at all uh and and all the matches i ever saw uh, him work uh there in the wwe even even there at the end whenever he was going through all that stuff with his divorce and everything um he was still you know with with two two messed up knees uh he was still you know uh you know, out there out there doing his thing and, and doing it good you know and a messed up neck. Yep. Oh yeah, I forgot about the neck too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, good um, and good like, stuff. Like Chris was saying, and I didn't even think about that. I mean, these guys were coming at it all the way back in like '97 over the Intercontinental Title, and then their mm-hmm. feud, and then their feud ended in 2002. Um, but you remember when uh, when The Rock threw Stone Cold's? Uh, oh no, no, Stone Cold's Intercontinental Title off the bridge. Right. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah, and, uh, through all the through all the scuba gear and everything, so man, these guys these guys went through a lot of stuff together uh, and made each other a whole lot of money, man. I'm sure, Vince uh, loved this and just uh, you know get some of this uh, bottle again. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, guys. One one of the things I miss the most is like if you could go like like now, and I and I'm not knocking wrestling. I'm not. Um, I love it still, but I. If you ask me any questions about what's happening on TV right now, I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you because I don't watch it. Um, but but I, I do know that uh, you know, I, and I've heard a lot of people say this um, that 
Attitude Era and the era of The Rock and Stone Cold and The Undertaker and Triple H and Shawn Michaels and and Kane and 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 those, those kind of guys uh, that 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 type and that era will never probably never be seen again because back then those guys were like a you know like like you turned on TV back then and like you know you you wanted to see what all those guys were doing. Because they are, they all were doing stuff that was like, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, now it's like, you know, all, like the the way they do the matches now because of television, like everything is like to the t, to the minute, to the second, to the you know, you know what I mean. So it's hard to have that that um, the emotions and the feelings that that we had in the nineties uh, and the even in the eighties uh, now because. Uh, what they do on TV, it's not emotion, it's not passion, it's scripted, um, and and it's very hard to, as a fan, to 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 pull that emotion out because there's no emotion there. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And that's that, and that's that that you know that's kind of how I feel. And that's probably why I don't really watch it like you know watch it on TV anymore. Um, and 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 the fact that I'm I'm busy with a <laughs> with a wife and the kids and and everything else, but um, but still though, I mean, it's just uh, that 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 that's a lost era, a lost time, and I don't think we'll ever see that again. Now we are seeing some of that, uh, from what I understand, uh, coming from AEW. You know, they're they're uh they're, they they definitely got got some stuff going on up there. Uh, and I definitely want to start tuning in and watch it. I just got to find the time, guys. <laughs> it's just like I don't have any time. Mm-hmm. Yep, understand that. But, but good stuff. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're yeah, I mean, they're they're doing some great stuff. I mean, AEW is doing some great stuff. It's it's you know, I I'll be honest, I have been watching a little bit of it. You know, actually, the, I really like it because they do the rerun again at eleven uh, o'clock off of the eight to ten o'clock show. So if you miss it, it does replay at eleven, mm-hmm. but. You know, it is a, it is somewhat cult like. Um, you know, it's 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 a little. I don't want to say it's a little ECW ish. They 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 tried a little bit of that. You know, the the thing that's bothering me about AEW and it's scaring me just a little bit is they're they're picking up talent that either WWE is letting go. Um, they're they're bringing in the old timers from the WCW days, and I. I some of it's like, okay, do they really need those guys? I mean, right, you know, yeah. like, you know, you know, they got Arn Anderson there and, and Tully Blanchard. And, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like, it's like, and I know Cody Rhodes wants to pay homage, his father and all that stuff. And I, and I get all that a little bit. And some of that's playing into it. But I think at the end of the day, they got to break that stigma uh, a, a little bit, you know, because they're really touring on a national level now, AEW. They really are. They're not really here just in the Southeast, even though they're in Jacksonville, Florida. So I, I don't know. That's just, that just sits in the back of my mind a little bit. And then it's, it's a little weird to see like Daniel Bryan in there and, and the, uh, the big show was there and then, you know, they're picking up these guys, the other guy they, they picked Mark up. Uh, for, yeah. Mark Henry. And uh, so it's, it, that part's a little weird. And, and now they got CM Punk. You know, so, you know, and I know they want to try to, they want to get in the ring with, this is, this is a little bit personal too with Vince McMahon and, you know, you know, my, you know, my whole take on this is this, if Vince really wanted those guys, he would still have them. Yeah, right. so, I agree. 
you, you, you know, if he really wanted Daniel Bryan, he would have kept him. If he really wanted CM Punk and those guys. So I don't know. It's just my opinion on things. I could be totally out of the way out in left field here, but I still think they got to shake that WCW stigma a little bit because they got to create their, their own brand. Yeah, right? I agree. And, you, know, you don't want them to fall into that WCW trap. All these guys that were WWF former and then by the end, they were all pretty old. Um, and you didn't real, real young stars. Right, right. And I, I'll be honest with you, some of the storylines they've run already have paralleled some stuff WCW has done in the right, past. Right, yeah. And whether they're using some of their playbook or whatever, you know, so you want to, I don't know, just my opinion, but they're doing a good job. I, you know, they're doing a great job actually, you know, the question is, you know, where, where does it, where does it go long-term? You're right. Tony, actually, the last time I was on the show, I was watching again, covering the show that I do every time. So it's been getting a lot of like like and they're they're going back towards the edgier product. Of, and like I'm trying to think of what it was, but um I so a couple of the um the female wrestlers have like literally on air have, have been heard calling another one a bitch. And um and then the other day Seth Rollins said, I don't give a shit. And I was like, seriously? Like, that's more edgy a long time. Um, so I don't know if maybe they're trying to go back towards the Attitude Era mindset, but um, they're definitely switching things up, uh, trying to do something a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think they are. Um, and, and, and hopefully they, they, you know, they're able to do that and capitalize and everything, uh, you know, keeps taking off. Uh, right now, uh, you know, it, it seems like the, uh, the independent, uh, the, the, the independent territory, um, is doing better than the mainstream because it seems like I, I see so many independent cards popping up everywhere and they're drawing really well. Um, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with ticket prices as far as what they charge and now to go see, uh, mainstream stuff versus independence, you know, and, and, and on top of that, uh, you go to independent, you're, you're seeing, uh, like I talked about earlier, you're seeing emotions. You're not seeing a, a, a three minute scripted match. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's just different, I think. Uh, which which I definitely enjoy. So, well, guys, it's it's, it's been great getting back together and and uh, reminiscing about the old days, and then talking about this great pay per view. Uh, we'll definitely all have to get back together again soon, and and uh, and and do this again because man, that this was fun. And after Chris, I was before you came on, I was telling uh, Willie uh, it's been almost mm-hmm. two almost uh, over a month since since we done our last show because uh, me being sick and and uh, and and all, everything else going on. But so so I, I was glad that 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 you were able to still come be on the show tonight. Oh man, just thanks for being flexible. It's a long day today. There's a lot going on. I mean, there's a lot going on in, in general, it seems. And uh, but we we try to squeeze it all in. And if I could add just a uh, a little bit to your show, that, that makes sense. That, that that's all that matters. And we have a good time with it. Yeah, for sure. It it, 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 it was it was good. Um, I, I enjoyed it. 
Now, uh, one other thing that, that I want to talk about before we get off the air, uh, Willie has he, he has a great show uh, that, that, that I'd like your fans to go check out, too. Uh, it's called The Fight Gods Network, right? Right, Willie? Is that, is, 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 is that correct? Oh, yeah. Well, it's the Fight Gods podcast, but, yeah, you know, it's on The Fight Gods Network. That's what we're, uh, we're working on, getting some other shows on there. So, uh, yeah, we go by that. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate it, man. We cover all combat sports. And uh, a lot of like pop culture, like we see, you know, it's me and my cousin Nico. Uh, uh-huh. He's a career, he's like a lifelong career martial artist. Um, so you know, we like to talk about MMA, wrestling, boxing. But we, you know, if we see a good movie or talk about music stuff like that, you know, we we like to discuss that. Um, but hey, before we go, Tony, do you mind if I tell a quick story to uh, Chris? Yeah, please. Okay. All right. So, so Chris. So I did a few shows. Um, so I guess like at one point, I think it was probably in the summer of 2001 or 2000, probably summer of 2001. Um, I, I, I was booking some shows for you. Uh-huh. And, um, and my dad was like always a big wrestling fan. And, and you know, he, he had a drinking problem. He drank a good 12 pack, you know, case of beer a day, whatever. Um, God rest this problem. And uh, so it would always like tickle my dad to death. And Fernandez would call and ask me to be on a show. So like right. I, my dad out there talking wrestling, like who the hell is he talking to? And then he's like, oh, uh, uh, man, he's on the phone for you. And I'm like, <laughs> on the phone with this dude for like 45 minutes talking about old wrestling. Seriously. So this happened a couple of times. He, he calls me and like, I, you know, I talked to him. Hey man, uh, there's a uh, Greensboro Bats game. I think it was like tomorrow, and he's right. like, hey, "We're gonna we're gonna do some wrestling on there." And I'm like, "Hey, you know, I've got to work." He's like, well, what do you mean you got to work? He's like, "Where are you doing a show?" I'm like, "No, I, I've got to work. Like, I've got to do my job. I worked at a uh, at Bennigan's at the time, and I'm a waiter." He's like, "Well, listen, give me your boss's phone number. I'm gonna call and talk to him." I'm like, "It's real life. <laughs> he's gonna call my regular job and tell my boss." I can't make it so I can go oh wrestle. God. I was like, this dude is like out of his mind, man. And uh, but yeah, it was just something that I've always like, you know, thought was pretty funny, man. That was a, <laughs> call your boss. I'm gonna talk to him for you. Yeah, oh for real. God. I was like, I, I can't take the day off. You know, I'm working. You know, I can't work. But yeah, that was just one of the funny, funny times that uh, I had in the wrestling business. Oh, Manny was a character, man. That, that's definitely a classic. Manny would probably try to work him out of a free breakfast as well while he's on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll come shoot, 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 Tony, shoot the shoot the boogie angle, right? That's, that's <laughs> right. Hey, brother, brother. Got it. Uh, a couple of fine pictures. That's right. Do the picture gimmick, brother. All oh, man, no, that's a great, that's a classic story and one I did not know. So thank you for <laughs> shedding some light on that. Absolutely, good, man. Good old Manny, man. Well, guys, thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, fans, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be back next week, and uh, we'll have another show. And uh, I'm, I'm all healed up. I'm, I got my voice back somewhat. And uh, 
hopefully mm-hmm. next next week we'll uh, we'll have another uh, another great uh, another great show. And who knows? Maybe maybe Willie may be back again next week. You never know. Uh, you just got to make sure you tune into our show to find out. Uh, and and uh, and like I said, guys, go 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 uh, give give Willie's uh, podcast a, a, a try. I've listened to a few episodes. It's really good. It's really entertaining. Uh, and if you're into um, in MMA and and combat sports, you would definitely love that show. So go check it out, uh, Chris. Uh, I will see you next week. And uh, Willie, thanks again for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's always awesome. I love uh, being on here, and I'll definitely come back soon, man. Uh, you know, there's plenty of topics. Oh yeah, for sure. We, we and I know we could yeah, all talk absolutely. all night about the good yeah. old days, for sure. Yeah, absolutely, Willie. Thanks for joining us. Love to have you back on, and uh, I'm sure we could we could dig up some more old stories here and have some uh, have some good laughs and some flashbacks. I got plenty of them, man. <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, guys, uh, for Willie and Chris, I'm Tony. We'll see you next week here on the Binge Buster Show. Thank you for listening to the Binge Buster Show. Make sure you like us on Facebook and download us on your favorite podcast platform.